Welcome to the Capitol News Illinois Roundup. I'm Hannah Meisel. Illinois lawmakers wrapped up their regular business for 2023 this week, putting the finishing touches on legislation in the fall veto session while looking ahead to 2024. Advocates of nuclear energy are celebrating a win after lawmakers approved a bill partially lifting the state's moratorium on nuclear power plant construction. The measure would allow for the construction of small, modular nuclear reactors, a newer type of technology that proponents say can help with electric reliability and decarbonization. Democratic Senator Patrick Joyce of Essex, whose father sponsored the original moratorium nearly 40 years ago when he was in the legislature, said during floor debate this week that it's time for Illinois to move forward. As technology changes, we need to make sure that we change with it. This is a good step. There's a lot of new manufacturing that we're trying to push in the state of Illinois. They have to get that power from a reliable source. The bill passed with bipartisan support after negotiations with Governor J.B. Pritzker's office. The governor had vetoed broader legislation to lift the nuclear moratorium this summer. Lawmakers left Springfield Thursday afternoon without addressing the scheduled expiration of a tax credit program for donors to private school scholarship funds. The Invest in Kids program supports more than 9,000 students who attend private and parochial schools in Illinois. But critics argue the $75 million tax credit program siphons money away from public schools. A group of Democrats had put forward a compromise to shrink the program in order to keep it alive, but it wasn't heard in committee this week, much less called for a vote. House Republican leader Tony McCombie of Savannah says she believes the program still has broad support among lawmakers who will try to revive it during the General Assembly's spring session. It certainly will continue to be a priority of the caucus, uh, and there certainly will be a priority of several of, of the Democrats in the House, as well as, I believe, in the Senate. Uh, I don't think it's going to be something that they're going to um, want to just stop. Investing Kids was originally approved in 2017, with the backing of Republican Governor Bruce Rauner included in a larger overhaul of how Illinois funds public schools. Earlier this week, Illinois state police officials said they're finalizing rules that will tell people what types of guns, ammunition, and attachments they'll soon have to register in order to comply with the state's new assault weapons ban. Those items will be strictly controlled under the Protect Illinois Communities Act, passed early this year in response to the 2022 mass shooting at an Independence Day parade in Highland Park. Illinoisans who already own the type of guns the law classifies as assault weapons must register them with the state before January 1st. State Police Special Counsel Suzanne Bond told a legislative committee Tuesday that the agency just concluded a series of public hearings around the state, and officials are still trying to answer all the questions they've received. They were well attended by the public and various organizations. Those groups have committed to sending us their questions in writing um, to the extent possible. If we had answers, we did provide them. Um, we pointed them to relevant FAQs on our website, which have been updated. People who want to comment on the proposed rules have until November 20th to submit those comments in writing. You can find the email address for sending those comments in our story at CapitalNewsIllinois.com. In a follow-up to last week's news from the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals in Chicago, the Illinois State Rifle Association says it will ask the U.S. Supreme Court to review the state's assault weapons ban. In a two-to-one ruling last Friday, a federal appeals panel declined to block enforcement of the law, reasoning the rights guaranteed under the Second Amendment are not absolute. ISRA was a plaintiff in one of the cases that was consolidated in front of the appeals court. 
The organization issued a statement Saturday saying it was not surprised by the decision and that it always intended to take the case to the nation's highest court. This week, Illinois received its ninth credit rating upgrade in the last two years. The upgrades signal Wall Street's growing confidence in Illinois' ability to pay its creditors after years of fiscal crises. But the upgrade news came as lawmakers in Springfield were questioning the state's unemployment agency about how it lost more than $5 billion to unemployment fraud during the pandemic. That figure was first reported in July as part of a comprehensive audit of the state's unemployment benefits program during COVID. During this week's hearing, Republican State Senator Craig Wilcox of McHenry asked Pritzker administration officials if the Department of Employment Security is ready for another economic downturn, especially considering conflicts that have sprung up across the globe in recent years. Are you prepared right now for the world to go to hell again? Or will you be prepared in a couple more months? What is your, when, when are you ready to say you can handle the next relatively foreseen crisis in this state. In response, agency leaders said they've doubled their technological capacity in the last few years and are still working to recover fraudulent COVID-era unemployment claims. Illinois was far from the only state to experience fraud on such a scale, but auditors pointed to weaknesses in the state systems that made the federal Pandemic Unemployment Assistance Program, available to contract workers typically ineligible for unemployment benefits, extremely vulnerable to fraud. And in our ongoing partnership with ProPublica, a new investigation finds troubling conditions inside Illinois' juvenile justice system. The state's 16 youth detention centers, which operate like adult jails, house juveniles as they await court hearings. But in a special report, CNI and ProPublica found public records showing youth have been injured, forced into isolation, denied access to drug and mental health treatment, and given little access to education. While some facility leaders have denied allegations, others acknowledge them and say they're working to correct conditions. Advocates for the youth say enforcement of standards is weak across the system. You can find the full investigation at CapitalNewsIllinois.com. Thanks for listening to this week's Capital News Illinois Roundup. I'm Hannah Meisel. Capital News Illinois is a nonprofit, nonpartisan news service funded in large part by the Robert R. McCormick Foundation, the Illinois Press Foundation, the Illinois Broadcasters Association Foundation, and the Southern Illinois Editorial Association.